This is the podcast Find It with Kate Moorhead. Good morning, my friends. It is Sunday, October 10th, and I'm here with you at the Dean's Forum. So glad to be with you. The title of this Dean's Forum is Find It, the Vital Signs of the Spiritual Life. Just like the body has four vital signs to see if our physical body is healthy, so there are four vital signs in the life of the spirit. And I have miraculously come up with four G's, God, give, grow, and group. And today is our final Sunday focusing on God. Not that we won't be always focusing on God, but we're going to talk about time spent in worship today and why it is that we worship and how that keeps us healthy. From the beginning of recorded history, human beings have set aside places in which to encounter God. If you were to travel the globe and look at these spaces, no matter what religious tradition you were encountering, you would see that these spaces were beautiful, special, different, transcendent, wholly other. Think of the great mosques of the Middle East. Picture the Hindu temples, the Buddhist shrines, the Christian cathedrals. No matter what the religion, we want to set aside a beautiful space for God. And we don't so much create these spaces as we seem to find them. We find a sacred place, a piece of ground that feels set apart. And we build a piece of art or architecture upon it to express its majesty. The architecture of the Temple of Israel was such a work of art and awe. Jews believed that it reflected the majesty of the entire cosmos. It was, quite literally, a focal point, a meeting place for the divine to touch the earth, the eternal to meet the temporal. If we were to invite God to dinner, we would certainly clean the house and get out our best china. So we create these spaces, our most beautiful, transcendent spaces, in which to welcome God. Here we say to God, as a child would build a snow fort for its mom, you live here. How ridiculous, and yet how endearing for us to think we could construct God's house. But we do. We always have. The cathedral where I serve sits upon the highest point in Jacksonville. Now that there are high rises, it's, this little hill is difficult to identify. But when the Native Americans first settled the area, they saw it clearly. The spot on which this cathedral sits was a Native American burial ground of the Timucua tribe before the Christians built a church upon it. It was considered a sacred space, a place where heaven was closer to earth, a thin place, as the Celtic Christians would call it. And so our ancestors seized this land as their own, just as humans have done for so many hundreds of years. They took this land wrongly, and then they built a beautiful house for God upon it with vaulted ceilings and beautiful windows. At the center of the house was an altar, where we could share the bread and wine as Jesus had done at the Last Supper. 
This beautiful house of God was burned to the ground by the Yankees in the Civil War, rebuilt in brick, and then burned again in the great fire that burned all of downtown Jacksonville in 1901. The third edifice sits upon Billy Goat Hill today. That's how important this place was and still is. Christians built not one, not two, but three churches upon this same place, each one more beautiful than the last. The current structure was completed in 1906, and it is made of limestone. Why? Why do we feel the need to make such magnificence? It is worship. Worship is an act of defiance. It is the taking of time and space and separating that time and space from the regular humdrum world. For many, worship means dressing up in our finest clothes, singing songs and encountering God. Worship is a relationship. It is a conversation. It is a form of prayer, but not between a person and God, but between two or more people and God. And I believe that worship, more than anything else on this earth, is what human beings were created to do. Evelyn Underhill describes worship well, though her pronouns are now outdated. Man, she writes, incited by God, dimly or sharply conscious of the obscure pressure of God, responds to God best, not by a simple movement of the mind, but by a rich and complex action in which his whole nature is concerned and which has its full development in the characters of a work of art. Worship ideally uses all the senses. It unites human beings to one another, not by forcing them to analyze or even speak to each other, but by uniting them in a common activity to gaze upon, sing to, listen, praise, and be fed by God. The psalmist of ancient Israel once sang these words of instruction to us, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. In worship, we see beauty, hear beauty, smell beauty, and taste beauty. And while all of our senses are thus engaged, we know that there is so much more going on that is beyond our sight. From time to time, we feel deep inside that there is this immense presence among us and that our experiences and our senses only respond to the tip of a mountain that rises up out of the sea. There is so much more below the surface of our awareness. There is so much more going on. Remember Jesus' words, when two or three are gathered, I am in the midst of them. As a priest, I am unable to consecrate the bread and wine in my tradition if I am alone. I must have another human being's presence. The potency of God's presence is simply not the same without another person. It is just different. There is a strength in the family that worships together. It is real. I have seen it. 
It creates a bond and a spiritual health. I believe that there is nothing more important nor more valuable to spend your time than sitting with your family or your loved ones in a house of worship. Why does worship make a difference? It expresses a primal need within all human beings to stand in the presence of the holy and to acknowledge the mystery of life itself and our boundedness within it. We are made to acknowledge the numinous state of this life that we have been given, and we are meant to do that in community. Art, music, dance, theater, they all have a similar purpose as worship. The Eastern Orthodox call the liturgy the divine drama, for good liturgy is art directed at its true source. The source of all creativity and being itself is God. Worship is art directed to its source. And in a sense, all true art is an expression of worship. It is an expression of what it means to be human. There are many types and styles of worship across religious traditions and within religious traditions. In each of the major world religions, there are those who are highly ritualistic and those who prefer simplicity or discussion. There are liturgies that are geared towards an emotional experience and those that are more about simply practicing the routines that are laid before you. The reason for so many expressions of worship is not our failure to get along as much as our need to express that which is deep within us. We do not expect art forms to be the same. Why would we demand that worship be the same? There is no right or wrong when it comes to liturgy so long as it is genuinely an attempt to pray. I don't believe for a second that the master of the universe cares if we stand or sit or kneel if we raise our hands or sing rock and roll or kneel in penitence on, or chant, what matters is that the method of worship resounds in your heart and opens the heart to the presence of God. When determining how to worship, you can begin by looking into your childhood. Were you raised in a religious tradition? If so, those deep roots may have taken hold, even if the experience wasn't entirely positive. If you were raised in Judaism, then I would encourage you to practice Jewish worship. It's not that you should never experience other traditions or faiths, but the holy will reach you best in the tradition that raised you. For your innocent and open heart first witnessed that kind of worship it is your native language, so to speak. You will be able to absorb the deepest meaning in the tradition of your childhood. As a Christian, I have fallen in love with Jesus. And because I love Jesus, I will tell you about him. I want you to know all about him, not because I think there is a problem with you, but because when you love someone, you want to tell the world about it. But if you were raised in one kind of worshiping tradition, that is the art and music that will best express your primal love of God. For your heart was most open when you were a child, and whatever you absorbed will be the language in which you best will worship. This is the podcast Find It, 
with Kate Moorhead.